Welcome to the Without Limits podcast, where we break through barriers, revealing the keys to living an abundant life. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Anne-Marie. Hi, and welcome to the podcast this week. We're so glad that you've taken time to, uh, to spend some time with us. And today's podcast is focusing on the workplace. We haven't done a podcast we specifically haven't. on the workplace. We focus mostly on living an abundant life personally. Your but life, so yeah. many people are struggling with workplace scenarios. So we wanted to dedicate this, uh, this one. So what is this one called, Mark? Pigeonholed and Whack-A-Mold. Pigeonholed and whack-a-mold. Right. I wonder if any of our listeners will be able to relate to that. So let's explain a little bit. I think a lot of our mean. I think a lot of our <laughs> listeners are going to be able to relate to that the second they walk in the door, door. of their workplace. Yeah. There, I'm back. I'm back where I get pigeonholed. Yeah. And, I, and then I get whack-a-mold. Right. Exactly. But we we just want to caveat as we start. Yes. This isn't about quitting your job. This isn't about being critical of where you work. It's being aware of obstacles and barriers that sometimes are covert and you might not realize, but we want you to be able to avoid this pitfall. Avoid and thrive in spite of it. Exactly. It's there. It's present. Right. But you can still thrive. Yes, we can. You can still live a life of abundance. Abundance. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I want to say right up the front that a lot of people, there's aspects of their jobs that they love. Right. They really love it. Yeah. There's, There's a part of what their assignment is or a part of what their responsibilities are that they just, you know, they just, they can't wait to get there. Mm hmm. And there's also other parts that they, they really believe in what they do there. Yes, so it's they, true. They align to the values of the organization or the right. or the work or the mission of what the organization's accomplishing. But there's other parts, Mark, that um, sometimes aren't as energizing or able to thrive in. So that's what we want to focus on today. But not just to point them out, to come up with some solutions. strategies and solutions mm-hmm. to live an abundant life. So let's get right to it. So what is pigeonholed mean, Mark? Well, pigeonholed is sort of like when you're you're put into a, almost immediately you're put into a box or you're seen in a certain way. You your role at your at your job is seen in a certain way right. and it's not really aligned to who you really are maybe the right. gifts that you brought i know you're going to talk about that mm-hmm. because you bring a gift everyone brings something valuable yeah to the team and don't you find if someone's pigeonholed they they seem to be silenced their voice that they bring because they're in this pigeonholed experience their voice isn't as bright or as loud or could actually be silenced in that you don't get whack-a-mold no no that's the other side so you hear you're in this pigeonholed box of what is expected of you and how you should behave but then guess what mark you come I'm going to step out. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to state my values. Here I am. I'm going to be the voice of the people. Hello, world. <laughs> Here I am. And then what, 
whack-a-mold. You're whacked right back to where you should be. And whacking comes up in very different ways. You could have just, it could be, you know, you're called into someone's office or you could, could come up on a performance review. It could come up as a side comment in a meeting or... I call those blindsided whack-a-moles. Right. It could come right. in an email that's you're, like... You're having a great day. You're moving along. Yes. You're in your flow. You think you... You know, you maybe, you've suggested something that's just inv- just invaluable to the right. company. And then all of a sudden, a day later, three hours later, an email later, yeah. whack. Whack. And you've been whack a mold back to the status quo of where you should be. Right. That is very, very challenging to deal with. So why do you think that happens? I think, you know, I think the foundation is insecurity. Okay. Tell a, me more I about think that. A lot of, I think a lot of times in a lot of organizations or where you work, there's a there's a there's a prevailing insecurity hmm. that kind of is there. That people who have pigeonholed you oftentimes a characteristic of that type of an environment is insecurity. Interesting. I hadn't you, thought of that. You have to actually. be seen in your place and you sort of stay in your place. Yeah. One thing I had thought of was sometimes if you're stepping out, people's authority or power that they have because it's been assigned to them as a role, it could that could be part of the th- being threatened. Threatened. So someone's authority, power, position has been threatened because someone else who's been pigeonholed lower than them has spoke up. Well, if their powers is threatened, then that could be really, really challenging. What's another reason do you think this happens? A lot of times they could just be stuck. So a company mm. or an organization can just be stuck, stuck yeah. in their thinking. But happy there. Oh, happy. You yeah. know, it's, uh, you this know. This is the way it is. Sure. And, Status and, quo. And, and they're just stuck there. They're not really, they're not looking for new ideas. They're not looking for good suggestions. Yeah, and certainly not from somebody whom they've pigeonholed. Yes. They see you in a certain way. They, they've they yeah. assigned you in a certain way. None of your gifts or your abilities have ever even been, you know, it, it's never even been talked about. Right. And it, not just yours, but other people in the organization who are stepping up with some innovative thinking. Right. It's like, no, 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 we don't want that. I've, you've heard me say this in the past in a lot of organizations. You know, you get a new job, new career, you move into a different place. You know, oftentimes, of course, you're you're new. So you're treated yeah. like, you know, you're new to the company, new to the culture, right. new to the environment. Welcome mat is laid there out. There you go. But some <laughs> places, they treat you like you're new to the planet. Good point. It's like you don't have a life outside of your job. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't raise you a success. You haven't thought of anything Nothing before else. you came here. <laughs> you kind of go home and you just sort of like, you just sort of, you just right. sort of, turn you shut off (laughs) and then you wake up in the morning you turn yourself back on and you come back and and fulfill like a a little robot yeah fulfill a role that they have assigned for you and then rather than seeing their employees or seeing the people in their in in that workplace or company culture as contributing factors that the greatest resources yes that your company has is the gifts abilities and talents that are hidden oftentimes right in, in the, the people. people and often new people to the organization come with fresh thinking absolutely but they're bumping up against a culture that's already existed 
that maybe you know what here we don't you know we don't need new ideas we're good right. we've got this the other thing i've noticed mark uh, really clearly in organizations that do this because when i do corporate training i often go into many many organizations so this isn't just ones we've no, worked in no. we're you know we're putting a spotlight on it's many prevailing. many organizations and what i've noticed organizations that are not values centered so they might have their values on a wall because they had to do a strategic plan. Here's our values. Nice poster. Beautiful poster. Get everyone to sign it. Oh, my gosh. Everyone signed, signed the, it. We had a party. We had a party to launch them. But then they're not enacted or lived or honored. And so without the values as guiding people... Guess what? And I think a lot of our you listeners, get whack a I think a lot of our <laughs> listeners have been called in, called into the office or called into the meeting, called in, and they're sitting there listening as they're getting whack a mole. They're reading the the, the company's <laughs> values, like hanging on the wall, above true, above, above <laughs> Mr. or Mrs. Whack a Moleer. <laughs> And they're saying to themselves, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah, that's, and, that's not here. And it's funny because even, even though they're there, the people's behavior could be incongruent to Absolutely. them, but they still think they're living the values. I actually called out a vice president once and said, I don't feel that this value is lived here. Right. And they looked at me like I had three heads and said, what do you mean? But the behaviors and the feeling in the organization and what was coming up in surveys was saying that that value was not lived. But the people that created it were so ingrained in it thought, oh, everything's good. Right. So it could be a blindness to the reality. And if you put a spotlight or a mirror up to it, it's like, no, 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 we can't have that whack have you ever noticed how, <laughs> another how, whack? Have you ever noticed how quickly that you get blowback on stuff like that? True. If you really, you know, because it's so many places, unfortunately, are just policies. Policies aren't a living mm -hmm. thing there. Mm -hmm. They're 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 you know they're etched in stone. Correct. So yes. So they're Good like point. they're like a stay off the grass sign on a lawn. Yeah. But oftentimes the culture of the company doesn't pay any attention yeah. to the condition of the grass right you know what made me just think you, of that you know it's, it's beach yeah. sand but right. you still have the stay off the grass, grass policy i was picturing our kids walking to school and there was this lady on our street who had a sign i'm totally off topic but <laughs> it'll bring the point home she had a do not this well i don't know if she had the sign but she had the rule she came out with a broom and started chasing our kids right. off her lawn. There was no sidewalk. I remember that. She wanted them to walk on the road to yes, school. I remember that. And not on her lawn and came out with a broom. She was whack-a-moling them because she had an unspoken law about no one can walk on A my policy. grass. Right. So it's the same as the workplace. You might have unwritten rules or there could be policies that are in stone. You actually go a little outside of what's expected. Whack. You hear me talk often about freedom within a form and the policies, they create the form. But within there, you have to have freedom. Correct. Right. And We're so we're adults coming to the workplace with with our brains and our soul and our life. And we should be able to live within policies to bring our gifts and our values. You know, another unfortunate thing is oftentimes people who are in a role of leadership or management, they really know no other equation to that other than parenting. And it's interesting okay, that they... Okay, I had never thought of that. Yeah, it's interesting. They bring a parent... They, they put on their parenting hat when they're at the workplace. So they treat wow. the people who work there 
like they're children. Now that you say because that, because they've never, they've never. I can picture that. They because they don't have any other dynamic to work with. Right. You know, if you haven't read books, if you haven't really, really asked for honest feedback with the intention of integrating it into yourself. That's good. Then what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to rely on you know you're going to rely on the on the on the system that you know, and the only system you know as an adult in interacting with others mm. or getting things done is parenting. Correct. You know, you told your children to do this and you you, mm-hmm. you assign them a job mm-hmm. here and then, you know, you meet their schedules and you put them where they're supposed to be. You pigeonhole your children. You have to in, yeah. in certain degrees. But they do that with adults. Yes. These are people that have raised families. And unfortunately, the other side of that coin, Mark, is many organizations have followed an industrial revol- revolution. Hundred-year-old. Hundred-year-old um, uh, environment of a factory or the other side is the uh, military the command and control side so you've got those two dichotomies as well it could be you know here's everyone you're hired here's your pigeonholed do this don't ask questions do what you're told but we've evolved to a knowledge um, you know workplace where people's brains are coming to work and you've been hired because of not just your still skill and experience but your knowledge your uh, attitude all of those things come with you but when it falls back to especially in crisis it falls back to command and control or to that industrial model right and and that was policy driven Correct. Yes. It was policy driven all the way along. Yeah. And it worked then. It worked when people were factory. dealing with dangerous equipment, when people had making cars on an assembly line process. Yes. But now, I mean, people are working on all aspects of different systems. Mm-hmm. They're working at them maybe simultaneously, but they're but the overall is disconnected from each other. Exactly. Because you have departments, right. you have specifics yeah. that you're dealing with. And policies don't work on that. What no. works what works over here, let's say in plant A, you know, the flow is completely different no. in plant B. And think about command and control and in um in the industrial model, it was really you had your role, you stuck to it. The workplace today is collaborative. It is. The workplace today is interdependent on each other to work and team teamwork and um, counting on the other person, almost like contingencies. So I'm working on this, but I'm contingent on you providing this part. We need to relate and we need to support one another. That industrial model and that command and control from the military model, it doesn't work here. That's why people are still getting pigeonholed and whack-a-mole because they're stepping out. That's right. If you're pushing button X and pulling lever Y all day, Right. There's not a there's not a need for collaboration. No. You don't have creativity. to. Yeah. Your your emotional state. I think I'll use my left hand instead of my right hand. No. But you know it's different. But we're not pushing <laughs> button X and and pulling lever no. Y anymore. A lot of these things are changing. They're changing at a at a rate and a speed that is has never been seen before. Yeah. And the companies that can adapt to that, the companies, uh, the workplaces that can mm-hmm. really thrive by realizing that every single day. Walking through the front door is all the thinking. Mm-hmm. The re- these are the people who are dealing with these situations every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. The answer is solutions and, and, and ultimately profits right. and successes are usually contained in the people that come to work. They're, they're intimate in it. I, I used to think about that in the hospital. 
the people that knew the patients almost the best were the nurses because we were with them so much. Right. And we would come in and share what we learned to the doctor so they would have better insight. Mark, it made me think of when we were talking about industrial, you were telling me about a company who really got blindsided and stayed stuck and pigeonholed their people, and it was a company called Kodak. I read this story in, in, a, in a book. It was talking about manage, uh, mavericks in leadership and moving forward and not being caught, not being left behind as companies were. You know, mm. We were moving more into a technological age, and Kodak... They were they were absolutely a bulwark of strength mm. as a company. They right. owned the world of photography, photography, pictures, yep. film. When and, we used to get it developed, and when, cameras, when digital film, yeah. when dig, the idea of digital pictures came along, they of course they were the first people that were pitched that that it was recommended mm-hmm. to by a lot of emerging companies at the time. And uh, they're sort of, they whittled it all down to, well, I don't ever see a day when people are there. People are going to want to hold a hold physical it. picture. Yes. I don't ever see a day when people are going to sit and look at their vacation memories on their television screen mm-hmm. or on some device. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they're they not around anymore. No. Kodak is gone. Right. They, they, this is a company that was massive, that came from that industrial t- uh, time, that came from that position and they were stuck in their comfort they zone. Were they stuck. were stalled. They saw this new idea as a threat. So rather right, than and I'm sure fear showed up absolutely. and they they were absolutely absolute, the, they were absolutely and their values could have been you know their val- they could have been very well aligned to people want to hold their memories yes, and all of that. Yes. But they couldn't they couldn't massage that value to something broader. Yes people want their memories but they can look at it in a different way. And what they saw as a headwind and when you think of a sailor mm. out on, out in the open sea, the headwind that comes, if it's pushing against the direction you want to go, you have to reset your sail. Right. We you, talk about that a lot in our you podcast. Can sail, you can sail into a headwind, yeah. but you have to change the, the you have to retrim that sail That's in order a for good you to point. move forward. And they saw that as just a headwind, just a threat, just a, just a challenge, and they were afraid and they were stalled by it. So let's end the let's end the podcast with um, some strategies for our listeners on coping with this. I'm sure a lot of people are nodding as we've been sharing some of these some of these stories and some of these experiences of being pigeonholed and whack a mold. But Mark, what would you offer um, a, a strategy to? Inc- you don't want to quit your job. You're no. going to stay where you're working. We're not telling anybody to quit their job. No. Thrive, thrive in, in it. their job, right? And so, what can, could what can we do? Sure, absolutely. I think the first and most important thing is to become clear. Mm. Become clear on your role, and oftentimes, even though you've been pigeonholed, you can you can modify your relationship mm-hmm. with it, where you don't feel like you're being put down, you don't feel like you're being locked, but you can still exercise the, you know in your own personal relationship to that job, right. A sense of well-being. And in that role, where can you stretch out to to use your gifts? And I also talk about clarity of your values. Right. And you may be in a role and say, you know what, this role doesn't fit with my values. So something comes up and you're not feeling energized. You could say, well, that's because that goes against one of my core values. And sometimes we can change roles in an organization to better fit our our own values. Another one is control your energy. Like, okay. You know, don't waste energy on in areas where you know you've been pigeonholed or you know you mm. might get whack-a-mole. 
So don't, don't, I mean, you know, be courageous, do the things that you can do and control, thrive there, but you know, don't, don't mm-hmm. waste energy on no wins. I often hear you say, choose your battles. Yeah, pick your battles. <laughs> pick well, your battles. It was the best parenting advice I ever, yeah. I ever received. It was a good yeah. friend of ours. And he said, well, I asked him for advice. He said, pick your battles. Pick your battles. And it's, it's held me, it's and held it me will, secure. Because there's situations you could go in and you could anticipate kind of what it might be like and decide is it worth to step up and get whack-a-mold in that moment or is there other ways to influence in the organization and that leads to my strategy mark which is about decide what you can control and what you can influence in the organization and be really clear what is in the sphere of concern So what I'm quoting here is Stephen Covey's work on the sphere of influence. And I would encourage our readers, if you haven't heard of that, just look it up. You Google it and look at a Google image. It'll be a perfect picture to describe for you. There's an inner circle of control. There's very, very few things that we actually have control over. Our decisions, our thinking, um, how we show up very personal things that we can control. We can't control other people. There's other things that we can influence in the workplace. We could join a committee. We could do certain things. Complaining usually isn't a sphere of influence. So find ways that you can influence others. But the biggest one is a sphere of concern. Those things way outside um, that you hear people complaining about, but there's absolutely no influence or control they have over that. That wastes energy. So those, back to your point. Those decisions could be made thousands of miles from the place that you work at. Right. You're not. They're right. not. They're not listening to you. You're no. Not, you're not going to make a change on that at that scale. Good point. And one of the harder ones is as a strategy, and you have to work on this one is to not take these things personal. When you get whack a mold or you get pigeonholed, you have to go back to okay, why is this happening? This is a culture thing. This is a comfort zone. This is the fear insecurity of other people and you can't take it personal and admitting the role you may have played in it there could you could have been definitely been a contributing factor yeah in this but you know if you take those lessons and you move forward you're going to find the area that you can cultivate you're going to find that area where you can create this uh, i call it like you create an oasis at the workplace i love that you can create your own little oasis and you can thrive there and oftentimes there's chaos roaming all around you Yes, it's true. That's a good point. But you won't feel pigeonholed and you won't get whack-a-mold. Right. And that way we can live a life of abundance at work. Absolutely. We can live without limits at work, even within a structure. Absolutely. That's amazing. That's good stuff. Yeah. So if our if our listeners want to reach out to us, we have a Facebook group called Without Limits Podcast Facebook group. On there, you can see kind of behind-the-scenes pictures. You can, if we, when we have guests on, that's where the information is. You can engage with other people on the topics and the conversations we're having. Also, we have a website, livingwithoutlimits.ca. And on there, you can reach out to us. And there's a form if you want to be a guest on our podcast. We'd love to have a conversation. We love guests. We can have, yes, we do. We can have uh, have you on the podcast. So we want to thank you so much for pulling up again to the table or out on your walk or in your car with us. And we're so thrilled to share this keen insight of... Pigeonholed and whack-a-mold. Thank you. The Without Limits Podcast, where we break through barriers, revealing the keys to living an abundant life. Your hosts have been Mark and Anne-Marie.